Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for you. We're thankful for all the stuff, too. But God, just primarily and in the, just especially with what you have, this word to release today, we're thankful for you. I'm thankful for you, Jesus. I'm so thankful for you. It's tempting for me to always go into thanking you, God, for what you've done and, and what you give and all these and who I am because of you and who my family is because, and that's all gr- good. But I'm thankful for you because it begins and ends with you. And I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Amen. Could have summed up that prayer in two words. Thank you. All right. Last week, uh, if you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21, uh, we're in verses 10 through 15 last week. And what I want to do today is actually to kind of go back and um, expand on a few points where the Lord's just kind of revealed um, maybe some clarities needed, uh, also just to kind of dig deeper in a few areas because, because this topic isn't going to go away. Actually, what's funny, it, this, is like, this is actually the only topic that will last for eternity. This is like the only, the only one. Like, like mission is temporal and worship is eternal. So you're not going to be on mission in heaven, right? Not, you're not going to, you know what I mean? But you worship forever. So it's actually like the carryover, whatever you want to call that. That's true dual covenantism. <laughs> Sorry, whoa, whoa, went somewhere else with that. Um, anyways, scratch that from the recording. Uh, I saw, we see in Scripture, and we talked last week, that our primary function as followers of Jesus is to love God, Mark twelve thirty, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And uh, from Matthew 21 last week, we see that Jesus says that, that, he says, his house will be called a house of prayer. And we saw in the context when he goes, he comes into Jerusalem, and he goes into, and, and the people say, the people say, who is this? You know, because everybody's kind of celebrating and they're putting their cloaks down and palm branches. They say, who is this? And they say, oh, this is a prophet. This is Jesus the prophet. And their answer was half right. And so we talked about last week. It was a great message. You should listen to it. I'm not going to re-preach it. But we, but we, what we see is that he says, he says, my house will be called a house of prayer. When he goes into the temple, the emphasis was on what it is to be called, not on what it isn't to be called. Okay, so there's a lot of things that it isn't to be called, but only one thing that he does want to identify it as, and that's house of prayer. So we talked about how that actually means that this temple, Nate, I'm a house of prayer, and this house, River in the Hills Church, we're a house of prayer collectively, right? Made up of a lot of little houses. We're like a subdivision of prayer, okay? And guess what? There's no HOA fees, right? There is an HOA. It's called the staff. But anyway, <laughs> wow, that metaphor breaks down too. Let's just, let's just stay away from those metaphors. Sometimes, Pat, we speak in metaphors a lot, but Kyle and I have fun with that. Um, so we went over last week what it, what it means to be a true house of prayer, personally and corporately, um, and really even started to tap into how to pray. And that's, we're going to go there a little bit more today, okay? So in Luke 11, 1, the disciples... They pull Jesus aside, and they say, Jesus, teach us to preach. No, they don't say that. They say, Jesus, teach us to heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out demons. I didn't say that either. Jesus, teach us how to develop good programs to get people to come to church. 
Jesus, teach us how to do that walk on water thing because that was awesome. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Do you know why they said, Jesus, teach us to pray? Because they deduced that every other thing that I just mentioned first, every word that the Lord gave in a form of preaching or encouragement or exhortation, every time he laid hands on the sick or, or fell on a dead person, every time he cast out a devil, every time he walked on water, we know of one, every time he walked on water, every time he did any of that stuff, they actually said, oh, that comes because of the time he spends with the Father. Oh, they went, they went, why does Jesus always run away by himself and then come back with all this stuff? And that just oozes out of him. And they went, hmm, one plus one equals two. Jesus, will you teach us to pray like John taught his disciples? That's what they said in Luke 11, one. And Jesus said, yes. I was like, yes, grasshopper. Good, good question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I think it's so important. Hang with me here. Don't check out at any point. <laughs> prayer, I said this last week, prayer is evidence of relationship. What's one of the first things we say when we open our mouth to pray sometimes? Father, right? That is an evidence of a relationship. So prayer is primarily this, this overflow of a relationship that exists already. I have a relationship with Kaylee, therefore we dialogue. Therefore, we spend time together. Therefore, we have intimacy. Why? So that we can continue to cultivate our relationship together. If I'm like, yeah, I have a relationship with Kaylee, would be like, how much time do you spend with him? I'm like, well, you know, on my way to work or when I'm in trouble, I'll give her a shout. Or, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes before I eat, you know, before we eat, we're like, hey, you know, thanks for making the food and providing the food, hon. And then sometimes before I go to bed, I'm like, hey, good night. Thanks for the day. Um, please, you know, give me good sleep tonight. You know, just don't roll over and you don't, stop snoring, please. Do you see the parallel? See, that doesn't develop great intimacy, nor does it develop great intimacy with the Father when that's the essence of our prayer life with him. I'm going to pause right here. I felt this during worship and I forgot, but I just want to honor Kaylee, my wife. Can you guys just honor her with me? Just... Sorry, I just, I saw that, that but because, because often, I've shared that, I probably shared the last time I showed it was maybe a year ago, and I'm not going to cry, but the, anything good that you, that you see in me comes primarily from the Lord and secondarily because I'm married to her. And so she, yeah, I was, I, the reason I said that, I was 10.30, and she's coming in with the kids, and I was just like, man, it's so hard, especially for pastor's wives on Sunday morning, because I'm gone, like, it's like a work. I'm here early, and, and she's got to do everything by herself in the morning. And, and so I just, I just real thankful for you, hon. You know I'm thankful. But and he, you guys all, some of you even know her as Nate's wife. Her name's Kaylee. And I, prom, I, I promise you, I prom, that wasn't like a shun on you. I mean, it's just true because I'm up here all the time and she's not. But in heaven, I am Kaylee's husband. That's, that's how heaven knows me. They're like, oh, yeah, that's right. You were that Kaylee's husband, right? Yeah, I remember you. Yeah. So you're that guy that talked a lot. Like, yeah, that's you. Okay. Anyways, bring it back in. Thank you, Lord, for letting me marry up. Prayer is evidence of a relationship. It's dialogue, not monologue. Okay. 
uh, and it consists mostly of listening and not talking. Why do we know this? When Jesus went away to pray, he came back and said things like, I only say what I hear my father say, and I only do what I see my father do. How did he hear what his father was saying? He listened. You can't, you can't go into prayer thinking that prayer is me just emptying things out on the Father and then go, well, I did that. Now I'm just going to, in my own power, go for the rest of the day. So it's an incomplete. Don't, don't hear me to say that we're not supposed to do our part in talking. It's not only listening. He wants to hear your voice too because you're his favorite. I'm his favorite. Carrie, Carrie Nichols taught me that. All right. Philippians 4.6 encourages us to bring our petitions to the Lord. Okay? So there's nothing wrong with bringing those things that you need, that you desire, that you want. But if that's what our prayer life is, is completely made up of, then it's incomplete. We're only getting about half the picture. Okay? I want to tell you a quick story, his testimony, his personal testimony, uh, concerning the house of prayer. I first met Glenn and Suzanne actually probably almost four years ago at a Charles Patterson meeting. Um, actually, it was cool. We, uh, Kaylee and Glenn were in a group praying for you, Kyle. Just that you, you had come back to the Lord already, but there was this, still this, this urgency to not let up on the battering ram on Glenn's heart. And so we, we heard about, oh, I said, Kaylee, would you pray? Oh, I'll play with Glenn. We prayed for his son, and it was great. I didn't know Kyle at the time, and... Um, he goes, oh, they, they have a house of prayer, and tells me all this stuff. I'm like, oh, great. Like, I'd heard, I, I knew what IHOP was. That was, my, that was what I knew about a house of prayer. And uh, the International House of Prayer, IHOP, not pancakes. So um, he, Glenn, when I, the next time we met down in San Marcos uh, with a bunch of pastors, I, I talked to Glenn a little bit and heard his heart, and, um, and he said, hey, I'd love to have you come preach here sometime. And, uh, man, he's prophetic, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> And, and I was like, great, yeah, whenever. We, our church was meeting on Thursday nights, so I was preaching at other churches on Sunday mornings. And uh, so, skip back. I, you know, I came and preached here in July of 2016, and, and Glenn and Suzanne proposed to us in <laughs> late August or something like that. Actually, the proposal was, will you even consider being asked to come on staff? And so we, we fasted and prayed and, and thought, yes, because well, we, we were leading a church. We came here to plant a church, and we, um, we didn't tell anybody because we wanted to just hear from the Lord. And then the Lord spoke, said, walk it out, and we walked it out. We're still walking it out. So, but in that, in, in that time, I began to really hear Glenn's heart about the heart, about the house of prayer. And he'd tell me things about, like, like he's like, it is exhilarating. Praying. I'm like, that doesn't characterize my prayer life. And like, I don't know if that characterizes many parts of my life at all. And I, but I was like, but I like it, right? So there's this part of you, and I know many, trust me, I'm telling this story because I know that many of you here feel the exact same way today about Glenn and about the house of prayer and about the vision of this church. We're going to free all that up and everybody's going to get saved today. All right, no, I'm just kidding. But here's, here's what it is. Glenn tells me, he, he, I sat down to them many, many, many times. We met a lot. And, 
and uh, he'd tell me about the prayer room. And I, so I just came one time. It was actually for the Jewish New Year. I came, and it was a Monday morning. And I spent the whole day here. I was fasting. It was just me and, and the music that was on. I didn't even know how to work anything. There was just music that was on. And so I just, I just let it go. And uh, man, I, the Lord's just like bringing back old promises and prophetic words that had been spoken over me. And I was like reading the word and going, oh, yes, I remember that. And it was so good. But I was like, I still don't get it. I still don't get it. Like, I get that I had a relaxing day in the prayer room, but I went, I think I could have had a relaxing day at my house and got with the Lord and gotten the same thing out of it. So I, Nate pondered these things in his heart, <laughs> just like Mary. They tell me I was supposed to be like Mary. I was being like the wrong Mary. <laughs> I was like... Oh, Mary of Bethany, I thought you meant the mother of Jesus. I was pondering things in my heart. Mm, that's a prayer room joke. <laughs> so I go on, and I, but here's what I did. Here's what I did. I'm going to come back to this at the end. I decided to be, to, to be honest with myself that I didn't get it. Okay, when I came on staff, I realized not only did Glenn get it, Suzanne got it, Kyle gets it, Derek Akers really gets it. <laughs> And many, many others got it, and I didn't. So here's what I didn't do. I didn't pretend that I got it, because that's bad. That's called lying. I didn't pretend that I got it. I honored what was going on. They created a place where it was okay for me to not have the revelation yet. And there wasn't, they, didn't, they didn't diminish or demean my gifting. As a matter of fact, they went, what can you teach us? I was like, no, 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 no. You need to be teaching me. And went both ways. It was great. This place of honor has cultivated this environment where I could freely ask the Lord for the Ephesians prayer of give me wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I would come into, I would, and what I did in the meantime is I said, well, my pastor has called every member of the church to be involved in the prayer room. I'm going to take my place. And so I said, Kyle, where do you want me? And he said, at the time, it was Tuesdays at 8 a.m. And so I took it every Tuesday at 8 a.m. I just come in here. That was, I was just in the prayer room. It was me and the Lord. I was a gatekeeper, so I turned everything on. And, I, and several times I'd sit here, and I'm like, I, I don't understand why I'm here. I don't get it. I've prayed. My prayer took six minutes. I'm done. And now I just put on worship music and plan the rest of my day, I guess, for an hour and 54 minutes. And so I was like, okay. And then more and more as time would go on, I'd come and I'd realize that sometimes I'd come in, I'd worship for two hours and go, oh my gosh, my time's up. Like I, and when my time's up, I have to get to work. Like I have to, I have to do stuff, just like y'all got to go to work. And so I was, like, I, I was like, man, that's different. And so I keep praying and I keep pressing in. It's, Lord, would you show me? Because the more I talk to Glenn, the more I see Kyle, I'm like, there's still stuff I'm not getting. I don't understand this ministry to the Lord first. Like, I don't even understand, why do I minister to the Lord? He's supposed to minister to me, and we're supposed to minister to each other. Is anybody tracking with me? Okay, good. Thank you, Zeke, son. So I, I continue to pray, continue to pray, continue to pray. And folks, let me tell you, in October, right? What is that, like four months ago? Just the, flip, the switch got flipped. That's called getting revelation, how did it come? I don't know. Through a lot of 
prayer fasting and a lot of prayer fasting. You know, just not, we don't fast to earn it. We fast to position our hearts in a place where we can receive it, right? To, to prepare a place. And I'm, and I'm going, and, and all of a sudden, and it, it was a mix of things were happening. I had heard more messages. I had, I had gotten more prophetic words. And then I woke up one day and I was like, oh, like if I primarily love on the Lord and minister to his heart by telling him how thankful I am, by praising him, by worship, by, by just giving everything that I have to him first, then all this stuff just kind of falls into place. Not that you don't have to work anymore. It just, it's easier. It flows from a place of going, I'm gonna please you first. I'm gonna love you first. I'm gonna, I don't care what this thinks about me. I care what you think about me. And then I, and it was just like, bing. And then guess what? All the stuff that I'd been like, I'd been doing my fasting and praying for, all, that stuff just started to happen, right? We saw breakthroughs with, we saw breakthroughs with people just like repenting from the, I'm like, I'd be like counseling, praying, counseling, praying, and then I take my hand off and I go, Lord, and they're like, tell us how, what must we do to be saved? I'm like, where, I've been going after you for a year. What the, what's the problem? You know, and, and, and I realized, oh, I'm the problem. As soon as I get out of the way, and you, do you guys, yes, you understand, okay. Let's, okay, so that's how kind of my little transition happened in, in October. But um, when Glenn came to me and he said, and he said, and he told me about the house of prayer, and he said, I find ecstasy in prayer. I find joy. I, I can't, I like, I sit before the Lord, and it's like I bring my ice block before, and his eyes of fire melt it, and I'm like, what is happening? I don't even understand what this means, right? You know, but I'm excited, right? But you know, here's what was happening. When he was saying, I find ecstasy in prayer, stop, listen, my understanding of prayer was different than his, so I heard what he said and understood it in the wrong context. I'm like, prayer is not exciting. It's boring and hard, and it's just, and, it, and I don't even see any of my prayers answered that much. But I do it because I'm a Christian. How, maybe some of you have said this. You've said to the, you, you maybe even said out loud, because I know even since I've been at River in the Hills, Glenn's preached a lot of messages on watching and praying, being a house of prayer, right? You got, and before I've been here, this has been 10 or 11 years of his life. This message is not about you, by the way. So I, everybody, I'm sorry, but it's about Jesus. He knows that better than anyone. And maybe you've even said to yourself, listen, Zeke, listen, maybe you've said to yourself, or maybe you've said this out loud, or maybe you've gossiped at lunch, Okay, make God real quiet. Maybe you've gossiped at Bible study or a home group. Maybe you've said something like, yeah, 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 we know. Pray, 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 pray. Can't you preach about something that's actually important? Somebody give me a mic. I'm going to drop it. I think I've said stuff like that. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Mm. Guys, when we put Jesus in first place practically, in every area of our life, my focus is on what you think. My focus is on loving you first. My focus is on bringing you an offering of praise. You can do this in any context. I've, I spent most of my life working in construction. So I know there's a, I know there's, there's a, so I know like when a pastor comes up and says something, it's easy to take the, well, you don't have a real job, so you don't understand my life. 
No, you see, I've had a real job. That was a joke. I still have a real job. <laughs> I've had it. I've worked 70 hours a week. I've done that. I know, I understand getting up at 5 a.m. and working till 8 at night. I understand this. I did it for years and years and years and years, so much so that I had wise men come to me and say, stop doing that. Spend more time with your family. So I understand this can be done in any context. That's why it's beautiful. See, it's a prescription from the Lord. He gives it to us so that everybody can use it. It's not just for pastors. It's so good. And we have more time to do it because it's part of the calling to, to, to administer and minister the word of God and to pray. So it's part of it. So we ha- our time is actually freed up more to do that, which is great. But I would never call you to something that I myself am not willing to step into. Pastor Glenn would never do that either. All right. I'm skipping some stuff. Just, it's okay. When I spend that quality time with the Lord as an evidence of putting him in first place, that means I'm, I'm coming to him with, with praise. I'm coming to him with thanksgiving. I'm coming to him with a notepad, right? Because I'm listening most of the time in prayer. Lord, what do you want to reveal? What do you want to reveal? What are you going to show me? And you'd be amazed what he shows you sometimes. Like, whoa. Okay, when we come there, we start to get more revelation about who he is. It's great. One of the revelations that, that I'm getting, remember, I know in part, that's what the Bible says. When we put Jesus in first place practically on love, in love on him, I'm realizing more and more my position as the bride of Christ. That's hard for dudes, right? I'm, I'm a dudely dude, <laughs> like a manly man, right? Like I, even the stuff like dancing, like this is new for me, guys, because I don't, I mean, I like dances in high school and stuff, but they're not for the same reason. <laughs> so, yeah. If I'm lying, I'm crying. I'm just saying. But the thing is, as I realize more and more my position as the bride of Christ, the Lord reveals to me parallels in my marriage with Kaylee. See, the Lord is wooing me like I wooed Kaylee. The Lord is, I mean, follow me on this, like, like dating me, but he's not, you know what I mean? But we're preparing for, for a marriage, for a consummation. Oh, that makes you squirm in your seat. Misty Edwards sings it so I can preach it. <laughs> Making ourselves ready for the consummation. What did she just say? Yeah. Clothed in fine fine linens, pure and white. Man, this is the reality of the God we serve. He's touchy-feely. He's a quality-time God. He's really, really, really gooey. And so he'll melt your heart. I'm a lot more soft now. I thought it was because of kids, and that, that obviously adds to it, but it's because I have the revelation more and more of I'm the bride of Christ. And I can be a man's man that loves to, I like to kill animals and eat them. I know, I'm sorry if that offends you, but like that, God made them out of meat. See, there's joy in the house. Whew. Shamana. All right. Let's, I've I've tapped into a level of new hunger. I'm going to give you some points that I want you to walk away with here, but I've tapped into a new level of hunger. 
It's so good because it's so good and it's so bad. Because when you tap into a new, like when you're not hungry, you're full and you're satisfied. And in the kingdom, that's bad because, because hunger begets hunger. So the more hungry you are, the more you get fed, the more hungry you get. That's a kingdom principle. Like in natural, you eat and you're full. So in the spirit, if you eat and you're full, that's not good, right? So I got full for a while and I was like, oh, I'm so full, I'm so full, I'm so full. And the Lord's like, I want you to be hungry because I love you. It's so backwards, like everything else, first, last, give, receive, it's kingdom. But, but, it's, but it's the best thing ever because when I tap into this new hunger, he feeds me new foods I haven't had before. It's so good. I've been listening to this song from Alyssa Smith from the upper room called Color. Thank you, Kyle, for showing it to me. The amount of time I spend with the upper room, I would have found it eventually. No, <laughs> but it's 50 minutes long, one song. It's 50 minutes long. Oh my gosh, I love it. Michael, uh, Michael Miller's the, the, the leader of the upper room and he released the EP and he's getting all this flack, all these comments online and stuff like, you can't, you can't a song that long, no one's gonna listen to it. What are you doing thinking about that? Why would you? And he's like, yeah, I didn't release it for you. Mm, that one was for the Lord. So take it or leave it. Like, and I was like, yes, so I've been listening to it. Guys, listen, physically hurting from the weight of the presence of the Lord. It's like a good hurt. Like, oh, it hurts so bad, more. Like, fit, I was sitting, Kyle and I were sitting in front of a restaurant, uh, coming back from a pastor's prayer retreat this week, and we, it, the song's on, we pull up, and we can't get out, we just didn't get out of the car. For, we just kept, and I was just like, uh, like, it, my, my heart hurt. I wasn't really that hungry anymore, like in the natural. And I was like, Lord. And so that song has just been going. And then I showed Kaylee, and the day later she's like, hey, is that, are we on home sharing? Nick, can I, you know, play what's on your phone from my phone at home? You know, because she wants, and now it's playing all the time, and I fell asleep to it last night. Like it's, like, it's a new level of hunger. It's, it's that you go after, like, where the anointing is, the presence of the Lord is. I'm telling you guys, this is real. I said last week that, um, that we've made prayer mostly about me. Not Nate, but you've made it mostly about yourself. We, we do that sometimes. I said, hey, we need to learn how to do our own laundry rather than just constantly bringing our laundry list to the Lord over and over and over again. I want to give you a couple practical tools on really how to do your own laundry, okay? Um, for me, it starts with asking the question, am I asking God to do something that he's told me to do? or that he has said that he won't do in Scripture. This is where Suzanne words, Suzanne's word ties right into here. If we pray, Lord, make, if I'm praying, Lord, make Nathan a disciple. Lord, just make Nathan a disciple. Make him a disciple. Make him a disciple. Make him a disciple. Make him a disciple. I'm just praying, praying, praying. People are like, what are you praying for? Oh, I'm pressing in. Lord, make Nathan a disciple. They're like, okay, what are you doing to make Nathan a disciple? I'm praying for him. Okay, well, actually in Matthew 28, 19, he actually said for you to go do it. Like, oh, so is it wrong to pray it? No, but you're going to be very, very, very dissatisfied and, and very, 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 very let down and have some unmet expectations if you pray without doing when the Lord's already said to do, okay? If I pray, if I pray, Lord, heal Kyle, Lord, heal Brooke, Lord, heal Gary, Lord, heal Norm, Lord, heal, and then we read passages in scripture like Matthew 10, 8, Luke 10, 9, and 1 Corinthians 12, 28 that say, you go heal him. It's not bad to pray. 
Don't hear me saying, don't pray, just go do. That's the opposite of what I'm saying. You'll, you'll find frustration if your laundry list is all this stuff that you're telling the Lord to do, and he's like, actually, I told you to do that. I told you to. You're like, Lord, trample on that scorpion. I told you to trample on the scorpion. Like, you can see the Lord like, why are you asking me to? I've given you the, the picture before of when a deputy pulls you over and he's gonna write you a ticket. He doesn't call the sheriff to see if it's okay if he can write the ticket because he's been deputized and given authority to do it. He'd get fired if he called it every time, okay? So we need to know what the word of God says if we're to pray with really, with, with, uh, to be effective. Gotta know the word of God. And it's not wrong to ask him for help and wisdom. If I'm asking God to bless my relationship with my boyfriend or girlfriend, but I'm having premarital sex with them. Yeah, I went there. Or... I'm not living above reproach because they keep staying the night at my house. God can't bless the relationship. He can't. You've tied his hands. He can't bless something he condemns. I've had people come up to me before and they pray, Nate, will you just bless our relationship? I'm like, y'all living together? Yes. No, I won't. What do you mean? Well, God doesn't bless it. I can't. I'm I'm not going to be like, God, get out of the way. I'm going to put my Nate blessing on this. No. Man, repent. The great news is that there's just amazing amounts of love and forgiveness from the Lord as soon as we repent. Move out, stop sleeping together, stop, or get married, or whatever it is, to stop. stop. And then, you know what's really cool about this? There's no expiration date on holiness. So like, this isn't just for teenagers and 20-year-olds. Like, this, like if you're dating and you're in whatever age group, like this is for you too. It's just so good to stay pure because I'm a bride, right? Yeah. So good to stay pure before the bridegroom. Wow. Okay, if you're asking God, this is the last example, if you're asking God to bless your finances, but you don't give, Kyle just released that word. Don't expect the blessing you're asking for. Matthew 7, 2, if you want to throw it up there, it talks talks about measuring out the amount that you want to be invested back into you. For in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged, and with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Hmm. Malachi 3.10 talks about the blessing. So step one in working toward, uh, or working on our own laundry list, this is where we were going with that, is to get into the word of God. Read it, study it, get discipled through it, okay? There's lots of different contexts you can do this one-on-one, right? That's great. Everybody should be in some sort of relationship where we can ask questions about what we're reading. I love Grace and Rachel's home group is pretty much just a, just a swirl of, hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? And Grace and Rachel, man, if they're, not grouted, if they're not rooted in this, they can't answer those questions. But they got people coming to question, and you know what they, and I know Rachel, and I know Grace, and I know what they do. They answer the question, and then they say, you go read it. You go read it. Stop. Don't get lazy. Don't come to me. I'm not your Bible. This is your word. And if the word doesn't point you to the author, you read it wrong. If the word points you to me, you read it wrong. Okay? So the first thing, we got to get into the word of God. Practical things that you can do to be able to help get discipled in the word of God is come to Sunday school, join a home group. These are great outlets because you can dialogue with people. Okay? And there's a lot of grace to be wrong. Hey, I always thought that God gave us cancer. But we're not going to say that. No. We're going to be like, well, what's the word of God say about that? What's the word of God say? Let's go look at the word. Okay, because this speaks for itself and it holds its own weight. Okay, these are great outlets. Do not leave it to you and Google, please. 
If you leave, if you leave working through the word to you and Google, oh, Google has its place, but it is not to be your discipler. <laughs> All right. Pull out your notes real quick because I want you to write these things down. There's a notes on your bulletin. Use a prayer card. That's fine. This is what I want to encourage you to do. This is a springboard message, okay? Because this, this needs to lead to the information we learned last week and, and the, the information we tapped into today, the stories I shared with you. My prayer, and I believe what the Holy Spirit's saying this morning, is that this would lead to a, a humility that welcomes transformation. The same transformation I've experienced and so many others have experienced. Number one, you can just write, just write down a sentence from this, whatever, whatever resonates with you by the Spirit. If you don't get the whole minister to the Lord thing, right? Many of you know what I'm talking about. If you don't get that, like I don't understand. Like I understand what you're saying. I don't understand that you minister to the Lord. And I think I know some ways that I've ministered to the Lord. But if you don't get it, and that's okay, tell the Lord you don't get it. Be honest. And decide to go after it until you get the revelation, until you get it. Said, Lord, I don't get it. I can't tell you how many times I prayed that. Out loud. I would say it. Lord, I don't get it. I know I don't get it. I'm not okay with not getting it. Show me what I'm missing. This is who we are at River in the Hills. We minister first to the Lord and then to others. Don't miss this moment. I said last week that unity is crucial to move forward. Um, we need to say yes to following the cloud, the presence of the Lord, wherever he takes us. Number two, settle in your mind, basically decide to put Jesus first. Make a decision from now on, I'm putting Jesus in first place in every area of my life. You will not know every area, like every area of your life is not just gonna pop into your head where you go like, ah, oh, now I see that Jesus is first place. But the more, that you, the more that you say, just wake up every day, Lord, help me to put you in first place. Show me where I'm not putting you in first place. Lord, reveal to me places where I put you in second place, third place, fourth place, fifth place. Show me where I need to put you. If that prayer is constantly on you, that goal is constantly on your mind, he'll answer it. Little by little. See, the thing is, I don't think we could handle it if he showed us all the places that he's not first place in our life. We would die. <laughs> Same, I, I'm just, I think that's true. Because I still feel like dying sometimes when he shows me one. I'm like, oh, I'm so terrible. And then Carrie's like, no, you're his favorite. <laughs> all right. Almost done. Make the decision and God will honor it. Number three, begin to position your heart to learn. Position your heart to learn. That means you, gotta, you have to actually take your body and put it in places where you can learn and receive from other people. Okay, so that's, that's uh, you can take yourself before the Lord. It can be you and the Lord, but don't just in there. Okay, that's, that's almost, almost as dangerous as you and Google because the Lord doesn't want it to just be you and the Lord. Let that one sit for a second. The Lord put us in, in, in bodies of Christ, called us the family of God for a reason. We need fathers and mothers. Okay, so position yourself in a place to learn. Um, practice praying biblically. These are things that you could talk about when, you, you know, when you're in this discipleship relationship where you're gonna learn. How do, I pray? How do I pray the scripture, right? How do I pray the truth over myself and over others? 
Practice sitting quietly before the Lord. That'll help you listen. Practice coming and participating in Lake Travis prayer room. The community sets are a great place to start, but if you can't make one, come another time. It's almost always open. Go back and listen to sermons that you rolled your eyes about when Glenn or I preached them and listen to them with a fresh perspective. It's okay. We've all rolled our eyes in sermons. It's fine. I see y'all roll your eyes. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. Go back and listen to those sermons about prayer. Hear them with a fresh perspective. Number four, there's five. You're like, how many? you're supposed to only have three points. Didn't you go to seminary? No, I did not. Number four, study your Bible. Study your Bible. Read about King David and Levitical and Davidic prayer and worship. Read First and Second Chronicles. Read just. Re, I mean, yeah, the Old Testament is is rich and big and and but it's so good. Uh, Read about all these things. Say what, see what the word of God has to say about everything that I've said. You can use the references I've given you today. I have more also. Pastor Glenn's given hundreds in the past. Read Revelation. Come on, Zeke. Come on. Read Revelation and see what worship is like in heaven. Because if there's creatures with, that are covered in eyes, which is really weird, but they're covered in eyes, and they continually sing the same thing perpetually before the Lord, we have, like, I ask myself the question, what do they see that I don't see yet? You're like, the Lord. No, 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 no. They saw the Lord a long time ago. But, and, they, and they said, holy, holy, holy then. But how are they still saying it today when he looks the same? Does he look the same to them? Do they see new aspects of him? All the, I mean, that, got, that makes God very, very, very big to me. Uh, and so just read that. Read Revelation and see. I mean, it's not a scary book. It's artsy. John was an artsy guy. But, and I'm not artsy, which I'm just like, give me the logic. But it's so good because God's artsy. Whew. He's also logical. All right. Uh, we'll uh, see what Revelation has to say. Number five. Worship team, come on up. But listen. Worship your guts out. De-dignify. I preached the message on de-dignifying, right? David danced and his wife was like, babe, what are you doing? This is embarrassing. And he's like, woman, I'll become even more undignified than this. You think this is bad? Should have seen me in high school. My goodness. Worship your guts out, de-dignify, and pray in the spirit. I can't tell you the extent of how amazing it is to be able to pray in the Spirit always, at any time. Anybody hear me? Yeah. I can't tell you the blessing. When you pray in the Spirit, your mind is at rest. So you can actually pray in the Spirit when you're doing other work. Yeah. I wish I would have had that tool years ago. I remember one, <laughs> I'll tell you one story and then we're gonna do a response here. I, I got a revelation years ago about praying without ceasing, which I thought, this is great. And I learned that it's, it's not, see, this is what I thought. Praying without ceasing, because I heard it, remember, in my context, through my lens of prayer, was talking to God. So I'm like, I just talk to him all the time, like all day, nonstop. Like, I just talk, 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 talk. I'm like, I can't pray for 30 seconds. I run out of things to pray. How am I supposed to pray? And so what I did, like all 
what I did was I said, was I said, oh, it must not mean that. And then left it at that. It must not be for me. It must be some sort of mystical thing that the Lord gave us that I don't understand. And then I got this revelation. It's like, oh, actually, I can just be in communion and conversation with him all the time. And so I set out to do that one day at work. Okay, so I had this, I had this job. I was working and I was building, uh, I, um, I was a foreman in my dad's custom cabinet shop. So there's just machinery just screaming all day. There's all kinds of stuff going on. We work in thousands of an inch. It's a very intense job, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff going around. And I'm in charge of it all. So it's very high stress. So I'm like, okay, today I'm going to pray all day, meaning I'm going to always have the Lord on my mind. Tell you what, I was super in effect. I did, I did it. I did it all day. And at the end of the day, I was like, I can't do that tomorrow. I am worthless. Like, I can't. I'm, I'm more tired now than I was yesterday. And I was just like, well, okay, I did it. I know it's possible. I just don't have what it takes to pray without ceasing. Man, do I wish that I would have had the tools, right? We running stuff through the table saw, like, what? You need the, okay, yeah. Oh, I wish I would have had that. I got it now. Here's what I want everybody to do. Just close your eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come help drown out the noise in our minds, the wrestle right now the wrestle, even the anger. Father, I pray for divine frustration, not soulish frustration. The frustration that says, ah, I don't get it, but I love you. And I know you love me. And I'm going to keep pressing in until you show me what I don't, what I'm missing. My, and friends, let me tell you, that's still my prayer. I, th- I mean, it'll always be my prayer. I don't ever want to stop having more revelation of his goodness and showing me things I don't know. Every time I learn something else, I learn how much I don't know. I want to give you guys an opportunity to respond. I'm going to ask Pastor Glenn and Suzanne um, to come on up here on this side. If you want prayer for revelation from a man of God and woman of God who can truly give you the impartation of they themselves carrying that revelation, line up. And I'm talking, do not miss the moment because Glenn and Suzanne have been praying for me and for Kaylee since before we came here and it paid off, or it's paying off. Paying off. It takes real humility to say after tons of years of following Jesus, I might not know how to pray. (laughs) It takes a lot, a lot of humility to say, maybe I don't get it. Prayer. Maybe I don't understand what it means to be a house of prayer. I've I've even made fun of this before. I can't, I can't say I'm, I can't say I want to go after it. I've told my friends that I think it's ridiculous that I think it's imbalanced. Oh, thank God Nate Cashtan's here. At least we can hear more stuff about not prayer. Sorry guys, not anymore. Oh, thank God Nate's here because, because now we can hear about actually doing the stuff. Nope. I mean, yes, but you heard that from Glenn before too. 
Father, I thank you for revelation. I thank you for a spirit of humility that's going to blow through this room night now. Pride can't stay. Pride can't stay. Everybody, everybody out loud right now, every single person in this room say, pride go. Now say it like you actually want it to go. Pride go. Say, humility come. You better be careful. It's a dangerous